0: You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now on to the show. Well, welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope that you are enjoying a very sunny day wherever you're listening. Today, I'm really excited to sit down with Dr. Nathan Riley. He is a conventionally trained OBGYN who has been willing to ask questions and um, go places that a lot of doctors have not been willing to go. And because of that, he has just seen incredible success and just incredible changes in the lives of his patients and the couples that he works with. And so, Welcome, Dr. Riley. Thank you for joining us.
1: A great pleasure to be with you, Hannah. Thank you for having me.
0: You know, I think I didn't even do you justice in the intro because you're triple board certified, correct?
1: Double. I'm working Double. on the third. It's, okay. uh, it's like we collect these things like, you know, baseball cards or something. <laughs> uh, the board certification thing is highly overrated. I mm-hmm. don't even tra- practice like a board certified OBGYN but i had to kind of fake it and play the game in order to get that that credential <laughs> which is by the way for obgyns like props to anybody out there who is a board certified doctor of any to- type but especially obgyns you take a big written boards exam after mm. four very grueling years of training um 70% which of is is long hours in operating rooms um you take that written test and then you have to go through a couple years of practice collecting cases Submitting a case list of of clinics and clinic patients and births you've attended and surgeries you've done. And then you sit in front of a panel of of experts, so to speak, and they just quiz you on these cases, give you no like head nods wow. or like acknowledgement that you're doing well or whatever. It's like a five-hour exam and then. At the end of that, they will announce, you know, if you made it or not into the cool kids club, but I had to kind of fake it because I do quite a bit that's different from the conventional OBGYN or even the fertility specialist kind of way of doing things, um, which is very for me and my clients, but but, uh, you know, it's kind of lonely because there's not a lot of ob Joann's doing things the way that I do them, but, you know, to each their own, I suppose.
0: Yes, for sure. Well, if you don't mind hovering there for a minute and giving us just the brief synopsis, because I'm sure that the you could share the story and the journey would be very long. But what was that for you? How did you, did you go into medical school already with a bent towards doing things a little bit differently? Or was that something that was really birthed out of your experience there?
1: I've always been kind of a pain in school. Um, I always got really good grades, of course, and did really well on exams. But I, I, I really um, was very, very curious, almost to a fault, about virtually everything. Like, how do we actually know that electrons circulate? <clears throat> you know, in this cloud around uh, you know a nucleus. Like, how do we know that? You know, it's it's simple questions like that. That kind of gets you sort of under the skin of a lot of your professors and your teachers, mm-hmm. but it also has served me because it's actually been the compul this compulsion to better understand what people are going through or what these lab values show or how the human body works. You know, obviously we're more than just a collection of parts. We all know that. And just because you can't measure it doesn't mean it's not important, but we've reduced the practice of medicine to just this kind of sterile imaging lab work your urine studies or whatever. And then we come up with a plan based on that sometimes without even getting to know a person, but your story, mm-hmm. like what you've been through is just as important as whatever that, that lab value was yet. We, you know, doctors are not really trained to, to look beyond what we know to look for. And so mm-hmm. that curiosity has actually served me quite well. Um, I think that ultimately it's actually what led me to the practice of the, of obstetrics and gynecology mm-hmm. Um, because it was like gosh like there's going to be endless questions about this whole birth thing like who knows even where babies come from like we really don't know and that to me was so compelling that it was like aha there's finally an you know a a test question that will never have a right answer I can argue and debate it all day long and that to me was really really kind of um fun being able to, to 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 um to pursue that curiosity um Having said that, it didn't serve me very well because they kind of wanted you to act like you knew where babies came from. And I, you know, very easily found myself saying, thanks, but no thanks. I got to go do something else.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that would be really hard to to live in that. I, I imagine that there's just, you know, to make it through, you have to uh, play the game to a certain extent. And I think I heard you actually say this in an interv- interview with Dr. Stew, of so much of that um, getting through and right. passing is just saying the right thing, nodding at the right time, and then moving on with the expectation of, okay, I got to do this here and there.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, the biggest critics of somebody like me are those people who have been swinging the bat the wrong way, as far Mm -hmm. as I'm concerned, for 30 years. And they're like, who's this new kid on the block who thinks he knows more? I don't know more than anybody. In fact, the more doors you open, the more questions you Mm -hmm. have. (laughs) I don't feel certain about Anything anymore, and that actually is is why I'm I've been so reinvigorated with the the study and practice within the medical sciences. Um, there's a great opportunity there if you can continue to just be creative in problem solving. But you know, the insurance companies, the the sort of business model that has is what medicine has become. The administrators, the politicians, nobody's really cares about the gray. They want to know. They want to be able to to say decisively, this is how it's going to go because we think it's the best reason for X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, yeah, but what about this? You know, it just doesn't really fit there. So the greatest detractors I have are people who have been doing it for 30, 40 years and props to them to do something and to be, to have honed your skills and your instruments for 40 years in anything like that is remarkable.
0: Mm, Yeah, it it really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: No, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was just going to comment. Yeah. To, to be in that field for 30 to 40 years, the things you've seen, the, the experiences and stories you have, I can only imagine.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, there is a little bit of confirmation bias for all of us. You know, if you've been doing it this way and you haven't had a lot of bad outcomes and people seem reasonably happy with you, maybe you're like Google business review or something is, is in the four to out of five stars range. That's awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. like, just keep doing what you're doing. But that's not me. That's That has never been me. I'm not working for Google reviews or um, for the CEO of the hospital to give me props or a promotion or a raise. I really um, started seeing for myself, like, man, there's a lot of people being let down by this whole fertility crisis that we're all talking about. Um, I personally don't think that we ha- that as many, that that we have a fertility rate that reflects how much we've been investing in assisted reproductive Mm. technologies. I think that when we start investigating upstream, why is your body telling you through miscarriages or just an inability to get that wonderful, positive pregnancy test, that result? um, Why isn't anybody looking upstream to figure this out? There's so many people being let down by being told, oh, you're just infertile. And then you take that and you identify with it and it, it crushes people. And, and, you know, so, you know, if, as a father now of two, when we first started trying to get pregnant, I thought I had it all figured out. Like I'm an OBGYN. I'm going to be board certified soon. I was in fellowship in San Diego for hospice and palliative care at the time. And uh, I figured, Hey, the goalie's out. She had an IUD at the time and the goalie's out. I'm probably full of great sperm and we're just going to have sex a couple of times. And bam, nine months later, a baby's happening. Every, this is everybody's story, whether you're a doctor or not. And then when it doesn't happen cycle after cycle, after cycle, I especially was like, what the fuck? I thought, I thought you put your penis in there and then a baby comes out. Like I just thought it it just happened for healthy people. And while we were really healthy, we were dialing in health, you know, lifestyle. I started supplementing with um, some extra fish oil and some Co- CoQ10, um, started eating some organ meats, getting my micronutrients in there, um, eating oysters and mussels. These are mm-hmm. all the things I recommend for my dads, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the hopeful dads out there um, kept, you know, took my cell phone out of my pocket at all times. Cause I don't Don't want to be like blasting my gonads with high power. <laughs> Stopped doing prolonged sauna sessions my underwear, stopped biking and and tight bike shorts. And it still didn't happen right away. So my wife was like, listen, let me let me time the intercourse and all of that. And sure enough, in a cycle or two, bam, we were pregnant. And a part of that was that my wife knew that there was this fertile window, like the cervical fluid changes a little bit. And she could tell I was becoming so frustrated. And the really important thing I did hear that my wife told me was this child that you know is going to happen you feel its spirit calling to you it's waiting for the invitation that that conception that positive pregnancy test having children is not an entitlement it is a gift it is a pure gift that you're going to be this little child's parent so instead of acting you know um You know, without you know, instead of letting ourselves getting you know get frustrated and whipping ourselves for not being good enough or broken or infertile or whatever language they've given you, you have to pause and take a step back and realize this is something way bigger than you. It's more than just sperm meets egg. Otherwise, we would have eighty billion people on the planet. There is more to this. And so when we did get pregnant, I didn't know, and we were like, hey, we should be like enjoying La Jolla more. We were out in San Diego we haven't been going out a lot. You know, it was kind of like, it became like kind of monotonous, go to work, come back home. My wife was training to be a pilot and she was like, let's go out and get drinks. So we, she picked me up from work and we went off to the shore and um, she gave the camera. She was like, we don't even take pictures anymore. Like what, what happened to us? You know? And little did I know she had a positive pregnancy test in her purse and she had the uh, waiter come up to the table and say, all right, on the count of three, one, two, three, say we're pregnant. And we both screamed this and I was like, we're pregnant. Well, how do you know? And she was like, I took a test, you dummy. And so, but I will say that even though it seems really simple, you know, like take these vitamins or whatever else, more importantly, that feeling of exaltation, when I thought, oh my gosh, we can't get pregnant. And we'd already decided we didn't want to do the IVF route and all that, that would have left me feeling very, um, I don't know, like I hadn't explored all the options. Like I let my family down or whatever, that feeling, that emotional burden was completely lifted from my shoulders. And it was like the best day of my life for the rest of that day. That's why I started a fertility program myself, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people that do go to IVF, they spend, you know, I, I can talk about a, a couple of clients that just recently, um, you know, they recently told me they got pregnant they were going to be spending $18,000 on IVF. And, you know, the average range across the country is somewhere around 12K, you know, 12 to 15,000, $18,000 in their city.
0: Yeah,
1: that's we saved You saved us a lot of money. And I'm like, damn, like how much money is being spent on this? And we're talking billions of dollars are being spent Mm -hmm. here. And nobody has ever looked upstream as to what could possibly, what little fine tuning could we do to optimize the quality of your egg and sperm optimize the, you know, to optimize the environment, your health, your adrenals, your liver. And for me, it was like, okay, here, my curiosity can get into play. And I just started consuming everything that I could possibly get my hands on. And that's where my, my PRP fertility program, um, that's where it came from.
0: Hmm. Well, that's really incredible. And to have your own experience in that journey to kind of, to be able to identify with people of the weight of that is really special. I talk to people all the time and it's, it's that difference of knowing that your care provider understands versus is just there to walk you through. And so that that's just, it's, it's just such a relief. Not that anybody wants to be here, but it, it helps so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the sterility of these consults that people have with doctors, where they have all their degrees mm-hmm. and all the books and everything. I don't care who you are, if you if I don't, you know one one couple recently that I spoke to who uh, may be joining the program as well, they were like talking to me on the phone, and in in the 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 man of this this partnership, he was like, "Listen, Doc, I'm going to stop you there. We have been going to the best fertility doctor in the country." And right away, I was like, okay, what makes them the best? Mm -hmm. Well, they have a really high rate of success, likelihood of success with X, Y, or Z. And I was like, okay, have you gotten pregnant? No, that's why we're so frustrated. I'm like, okay, so you found the best for a variety of people, but that hasn't been the best for you. Somebody hasn't been listening to the right, they haven't found the signal through the noise. And that's where the conventional medical model, I think sometimes leaves us short You Mm -hmm. get only so much time to talk to somebody. How can I understand your entire story and even understand what this burden has meant to you and your partnership, your sex, you're not having sex anymore. You're not being intimate. You're just frustrated and upset and you want to blame somebody. And that whole thing in and of itself impacts your fertility. So we have to just pause and let's start over. Let's look at what's been done and let's now start investigating and opening doors and while we're doing that, let's also reconnect you. Like, let's get you guys dancing and making out and rubbing your genitals together, not for the purpose of having a baby, but for the purpose of like reminding yourselves that this is a part of your journey and this whole thing, this baby that you're, you know is coming through, but you just can't get it right, that this is a gift. You are not mm-hmm. entitled for this to work. And if you do end up going down the IVF route, let's at least dial in every factor of your health so that that $18,000 investment matters. Mm -hmm. Not doing it two or three times and going into debt for it.
0: Mm, Absolutely. So I I think one of the recurring themes that I hear when you talk, which I love, is that you're really dialing in to bring people back to who they are, to couples back, to the relationship. Um, Can you kind of just talk about that for a minute why do you see that as such a key part of this journey hey friends i wanted to quickly pause today's episode to let you know that full well is now shipping the fertility booster supplement now one thing i love about this supplement is it's really economical one supplement that's formulated to support both sperm health and egg health which means you can buy one bottle and use it with your significant other and so this is a great addition to whatever prenatal vitamin or male fertility multivitamin you already have on the counter. You can head over to Full Well Fertility, browse their entire line of products. They have some great things over there. Use the code Wellness, all caps, at checkout to save.
1: Well, you know, I use the word holistic and I think a lot of people use that word, but I don't know if people really know where that word comes from. Like holism is mm-hmm. is really the essence of that word is that the, the sum of the parts, or let's say the whole is, um, is not as great as the sum of the parts. So when you think of a human body, it's like you've got all these parts, you put that together and you get this, this walking homunculus, this human being walking through the world. It doesn't work quite like that. And you, you know, Hannah, you know that your experience in life is more than just your physiology and anatomy. Mm-hmm. There is more to this. And just because it isn't measurable doesn't mean it's not important. The the really the greatest example, which is kind of cliche is, do you love your partner? And anybody out there listening is gonna be nodding along. Of course, I love my partner. Do you love your kids? Yeah, I love my kids. Um, Was that orgasm you had that one time? Was that just pure, utter ecstasy? Yeah, that was a great orgasm. Um, Was giving birth that one time? Was that scary? Was that um, ecstatic? Was that traumatic? Whatever, all of these terms that I'm using are not measurable. It's not easy to measure love. We, it's not like, how much do you love your partner? Like on a scale of one to 10, we don't ask that, but we know it's important. We know it's critical. So when I use the word holism, we're starting with the, the physical, that's like the, the foundation. And out of that, we have to also address the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual aspects of why you are or not able to get pregnant. And then those that holistic approach I bring that all the way through childbirth into postpartum mm-hmm. into lactation into ch- raising our kids because this human experience is more than just a set of lab values and spatial imaging studies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So <clears throat> now that I've said that your original question was how do I do that or or sort of why do I do that?
0: Yeah, like um, you know, I think for a lot of listeners, this is so foreign. You know, they're used to the white coat, they're used to the lab sheet that says your progesterone measures at this value on this day. You know, this concept of that there might be more to fertility is foreign. Right. Um, So, so how does that integrate? Where? How do you see that fitting in? Um, Are there signs that are like, hey, this area needs a little bit of a checkup. It needs some extra love. It needs it needs you to focus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really, really good question. Well, a lot of it's not quantifiable, but what I like to do is have, um, I start with an archetypal exercise. So I ask people, what archetype do you embody right now? And what archetype do you hope to embody after this baby comes? And a lot of times they're completely different. You know, somebody starts as this and they want to be more of a nurturer. Right. And when we talk about archetypes, anybody out there listening, just type in like Jungian archetypes. I mean, archetypes is really just a, a sort of um, that type of person that you show up in the world in the most simple terms. It is kind of a collection of qualities and just uh, values, perhaps, and maybe even the way a person looks, but it's like, that is the jock, that is the sorority girl or or whatever. There's an archetype there. Well, Jung used archetypes to really help clarify quite a bit of, I think, the the barriers we find in life to... To harmonize with this whole experience so if your archetype is if you would say right now i am the i don't know the explorer and i want to be I, I i hope to embody the nurturer that journey from from the explorer to the nurturer that actually is everything within the holistic spectrum probably barring the physical because you don't have to be like a healthy young strapping young lad to be an explorer. The point is, is the way you show up in the world as a parent is probably not very much in alignment with the explorer. So it's good that you're going to go through this archetypal transition. But what I do is I have each partner. out, and invariably is there is a cup for the guy blank or his archetype that he wishes to embody. He's imagining like being or and he's something else. He's the whatever now and you take it and help them look at it. Like you guys are not on the same page. You guys haven't both accepted that there is going to be incredible transformation of not just each of you individually, but also your entire family unit. Now imagine for a second, since we don't know where babies come from, but we can certainly say that there's a difference between a plant and a rock. There's something has life force and this one doesn't. It's completely mineralized. Whereas this has this etheric life force. At some point When these little gametes, the egg and sperm meet, something goes in there. There's something that animates this thing to life. We don't know what that is. And we're not going to talk about when does life begin or any of that. Cause I actually feel like that is like, that is like elementary school level uh, women's health. Like it's, it's way below me to even invest myself in the, in that conversation. There's plenty of other people to talk about it. What I'm actually talking about is that spark of life, something has, has animated this little bundle of cells? And could it perhaps be that the spirit of a baby is waiting for the invitation to come in? And could it be that you have operating gonads for women? That's the ovaries, operating tubes, operating uterus, a great cervix, a great vagina, vulva. You get the point. Your adrenals are working well. Your hormones are working well. Everything's dialed in. The man has like a billion sperm per, per ml, which is by the way, an embellishment. Nobody should have that much sperm per ejaculate, but let's say you guys are both dialed in physically. It should just be as simple as sperm meets egg, sperm meets egg, but that doesn't always happen. It doesn't, it doesn't happen very frequently at all. What I, what I can say is that perhaps maybe the invitation hasn't been made very, very clear, or perhaps the spirit of this baby has not yet felt like you guys are ready. Physically, you guys have it all dyed in, but are you guys having, um, are you guys being intimate with the, the, um, with the understanding that this intimacy may lead to an invitation to the baby and intimacy is not penis goes into vagina or whatever else. Intimacy is you guys are very, very much connected and you're standing shoulder to shoulder, not side off in your own little spaces out here. sex couples it hits that level 2 eros in the in the language of mark gaffney and it falls apart we're not having as much sex anymore it's not that great i'm not as attracted maybe they're not the right person maybe we should get a divorce rampant sort of self talk and with your language you create your reality so the spirit of this baby not in every single pregnancy we're not going to you know even conjecture about rape and incest and all of this but for whatever reason the spirit of this baby hasn't been invited in Let's start by getting you guys on the same page. What does pregnancy mean to you? Better yet, why don't you guys write a mission statement? And then we compare the the results. We compare their archetypal exercises. We maybe even use a little bit of art therapy. What have your dreams been about? Like what are you guys thinking? And for if if anybody out there like is like me, I had to say it out loud. Things are going to change in my relationship. My wife and I met when we were 15 and we've been together ever since, apart from a period when I went to medical school and we dated other people and realized that we had kind of lucked out early on in our life. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So I, anyways, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm, I'm kind of rambling here a little bit. I, d- I just want to clarify right. that reconnecting with your and, and remembering that this is, that this is actually more than just penis and vagina. There's actually be some, some intention here. And that is kind of the start of our work, writing a mission statement, doing some of these exercises, doing some art therapy, and starting to dial that in, changing our language, stop saying I'm infertile, and start saying we're gonna get pregnant when the time is right. You know, mm. when 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 the when the stars align, it's gonna be great to be parents. But until then, we're gonna dial in every aspect of your health otherwise.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I I think what you just highlighted is just. It's so important. And oftentimes the journey, you just, it's easy to drift apart because you're frustrated and things aren't really working. And maybe you've done cycle after cycle and, um, and, and, you know, a lot, and it's a very sensitive time. So a lot of couples don't have a built-in support team as well. There's no network of friends or family members who are there with them, supporting them through that journey. And so it's just this to, to reconnect. I mean, that's like, it's like you're redating and you've got to intentionally bring yourself back together to, to, to rekindle. Like, why do I love this person? How did we get here? Um, but, but yeah, it makes so much sense that, you, that there has to be that that kindling, that connection, um, and just that closeness. Um, and and really, if we think about exiting the season of, um, fertility challenges and entering a season of beautiful pregnancy, I mean, I can't think of anything better than having that going into that together. I I mean, it would be a challenge to enter that season and not be so connected and on the same page.
1: Yeah, I mean, because, you know, we, we start to de-identify and dissociate from the process and then IVF works great, but you guys are wounded. Like you both mm-hmm. feel frustrated. You both feel like we haven't had sex the way we used to. Um, you're now going to have a baby come in and you don't even have your, your feet flat firm on the ground because you've dissociated from this process. So it is in some regards, again, it's not measurable, but on either a mental, emotional, or even spiritual level, connecting right now is actually critical to you becoming parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, with IVF and whatnot who end up feeling, you know, sort of depressed and kind of anxious about the process. And it's not just because it was so hard to get there, but you guys are going to be sort of inextricably linked throughout this whole nine and a half month journey into the following eighteen years of raising this child and helping them get on their feet as adults, it's really, really critical whether you're you come to me for pregnancy or postpartum support or before you even conceive that you guys are going to be a unit, like you are going to be mm-hmm. a team again, and you're going to be helping one another out as opposed to trying to figure out who's to blame for this challenge.
0: Mm, absolutely, yeah, we definitely have the tables to turn there. So no. if someone's listening, they're like, oh my goodness, I, I am identifying with everything that is said here. Where do they find you to to maybe learn more about your PRP fertility program to take that next step?
1: Yeah. So PRP, thank you for that. PRP stands for patience, reverence, and presence. And when um you go to my website, it's belovedholistics.com, click on fertility. And you'll see what's included in this program. It's offered at a fraction of the cost of IVF, because as we've already discussed, that can be a very, very expensive journey. Mm-hmm. The goal to conceive naturally or for you to um, not only improve the chances of IVF working, because it's about a 50-50, if not less, for most couples, um, we're going to improve the chances of it working. And IVF is an independent risk factor for a variety of pregnancy complications. Mm-hmm. So... Whatever it was that was you were struggling with in getting pregnant, let's dial in your health to the best of our ability. And even if you do go to IVF, those that risk of those variety of pregnancy complications associated with IVF, we're going to rectify that because within the program, not only do you meet with me multiple times over about seventy-five days, but you're going to meet with seven other practitioners from a psychic Mm, to a functional nutritionist, a breath worker, a metaphysical counselor, and art therapist. An exercise specialist. Um, Who am I forgetting? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna blow it. I'm I'm forgetting somebody. It'll come back to me. But seven other uh, of my like kind of go-to experts, so to speak, in the field. And we're gonna get everything done in. Ah, a Chinese medicine practitioner and licensed Mm. acupuncturist. We kind of have it all in this program. You get a bunch of books. You get a liver detox protocol from Quicksilver. You get a stool analysis, a Dutch test to to really look at what's happening Mm -hmm. with your your endocrine system, vitamins, you know, um, vitamins, you know, extra nutrient supplements. Um, You get access to uh, lifetime access to my natural fertility course, which includes a 150 page manual, which is, it lives at Mm -hmm. the Czech Institute. You get access to kettlebell lifestyle, which is a home exercise program. You're getting all of this for the fraction of the cost of IVF. And you meet with me multiple times. Um, and I am super stoked. I just had a couple who they were about two thirds of the way through and they they said, Hey, we need an urgent call. And I was like, crap, what's going on? And they said, Hey, we just got this lab work. And they showed me an HCG of like 1500, which for those who don't know, Mm. they were telling me they were pregnant. And I was Mm, like, I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, they were, they were about to spend 17, 18 grand on IVF. So the program is highly effective. Um, I only take so many people per quarter because it is so involved. I don't actually Mm. make money from it. I maybe make like a thousand bucks from the, you know, from the whole thing, but my hourly rate is like $497. So I, I am very invested in this because I want people to see simply as like a, an olive branch that there are, there is definitely more that can be done. Mm-hmm. I do I do, do payment plans for people who, who um you know, are struggling with that. And and I always want to meet people where they're at. So you can find it all there. And, and of course um, I also have a, a, a pregnancy and postpartum Education program coming out in the coming month. It's called the Born. Oh, Free exciting!
0: Method.
1: And it is everything uh, you could possibly want to know about pregnancy and postpartum, in order to make myself and my my co-creator Sarah Rosser, who's one of the farm midwives, mm-hmm. to make us as available as possible in the world, so they can find that at the Born at BornFreeMethod.com. Although the website won't be up until mid-April. So. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, yeah, we'll make sure we conclude all those links in the show notes, uh, but. Dr. Riley, thank you for taking time to talk to us today.
1: Very much my pleasure, Hannah. Thank you for inviting me. It's a a real honor.
0: Well, to those of you who are are listening, you can find all the links to find Dr. Riley below in the show notes. We've got links to his website. We've got links to the new program he just mentioned and to his social media. So be sure to check that out. Um, But otherwise, thanks for tuning into the show today. We'll be back in uh, two weeks with another great episode. And in the meantime, if you're loving the podcast, please take a minute to leave a review. And with that, I will be back soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode.